Aşkari hamar Duhar çelus vat Mez hamar parke Vorte vets asfalt Merar Not Monday. And the wise nuts are here. And the wise nuts are on today, huh? <laughs> All right. Let's wait for a couple more people to join us. Um, we have a very, very special guest here today. Not tonight, today with us. Yeah. All the way from the Republic of Armenia. That's what we still call it, right? The Republic of Armenia? Yes, we call it. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Been so many changes. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, for those of you that um, don't know who our guest is today, as far as uh, you've never read about him or you haven't seen any of his interviews before, we have Mr. Ara uh, Papian, all the way from, like I said, Armenia. Uh, Mr. Papian is a historian and diplomat who served as the ambassador of uh, Armenia to Canada, and he also. Uh, worked at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of Armenia for many years, holding many different positions. Um, thank you, all of you, for joining us on a uh, special day today, since it's not Monday night. I know it's you guys are taking time away from your busy schedules to be with us, um, but I assure you it's going to be uh, worth your time. So, Mr. Papian, um, welcome to the Wise Nuts. And, thank uh, you. Thank you for, I know you're, you had... A very very busy schedule since you're here for such a short amount of time um, but we do appreciate you taking the time to be on the wise nuts and to kind of um, give us an insight on Armenian politics the current affairs that's going on because um, I know a lot of our viewers are concerned um, they want to understand the situation and I think we'll be able to break it down today with with your uh, expertise um, if you want to tell us, start. Let's start with a little bit of your, a little bit more in depth of your background, so uh, our viewers can um, get to know you a little bit better, and then we'll get into the uh, nitty gritty. I, I graduated from Yerevan State University as um, Oriental scientist, Iran and Afghanistan. I served in Afghanistan for three years as military interpreter. And then when Armenia became independent, I joined Foreign Affairs Ministry as uh, third secretary in uh, Middle East Division, in charge of Iran, the neighboring country, very important for us. Later, I moved to other countries as Armenian diplomat. I served in uh, 
Romania. I uh, studied in Italy, Moscow. In Italy, it was NATO Defense College. Mm-hmm. I have some military background. Also, I was as a teacher of old Armenian language, Grapar, in Melkonian Educational Institute in Cyprus, which is important. And in 2007, when I completed my term as an ambassador in Canada, I, uh, in a way, resigned or took uh, academic leave to do some research uh, in diplomatic history and international law regarding Armenian rights, territorial rights, uh, of, uh, as we call Western Armenia. I thought it was that it will take only a year. I was very naive, but now I am engaged in that field over 14 years. It wow. will take another <laughs> another 14 oh, years another at least. 14, uh, <laughs> it's uh, more of a commitment, lifetime commitment. Uh, yes, uh, because I, I think it's very important for us, for Armenians, to have legal basis, at least a collection of documents, which I am now do, doing. I, I have a research center in Yerevan, Armenia. It's called Modus Vivendi. Modus Vivendi is a Latin term that means that to find some common ground. Because the idea was to find common ground within Armenia and as uh, well with the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am here as representative of Armenian National Axis. Mm-hmm. It's a platform, it's not a group or party, but it's national democratic called because we think that uh, national ideas are very important for Armenia, especially in that surrounding in that political environment. Also, we really believe in democracy. We think that without democracy, Armenia cannot build a real future mm-hmm. with sustainable economy. And uh, this axis, this group of people, we tackle some problems. We present our ideas for future. One of the ideas that now we think that it's very important, it's have more closer relationship with the United States, uh, especially in military field, because uh, this last latest war, Karabakh war, mm, uh, emerged for us a real lot of problems. And also we see that Russia is becoming closer and closer to Turkey and leaving Armenia alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russia traditionally was our ally for years and centuries. Was it really? Uh, at least we thought that uh, oh. Russia is, but now uh, people understood and understand now that uh, it was mainly our feeling, not reality, this. and It's uh, not reality, because 83% of the enemy's weapons were from Russia, too. Yes, and we, uh, this uh, National Democratic Axis, we spoke about this for years, saying that if Russia is an ally, they cannot sell. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Armenian authorities were thinking that uh, it's only just a business and Russia will be able to contain Azerbaijan. But it was impossible. We know that not only Azerbaijan, also Turkey was involved mm-hmm. directly and indirectly, directly with their special forces and indirectly supplying weapons, ammunition, information, and blockading Armenia. And this is that we, we see as an alternative for us, United States, especially we have at least a century-long 
uh, official relationship with uh, the United States. Uh, Century mean per uh, per what? Like I mean in 1920, Armenia Republic was recognized officially by the United States, and this is that, and not at that time every country was recognized. Let's say our neighbors Georgia and Azerbaijan were never recognized at that period, so-called the first republics. They were recognized just in 91. But Armenia was recognized, we had an embassy and ambassador here, Garegin Pastor Machan was Armenian first ambassador, and also uh, uh, Americans had their representative. A really close relationship, especially in humanitarian field, because uh, uh, United States had uh, in Armenia 89 orphanages, and they took care of uh, 130,000 Armenian or orphans, which is a huge number. This was after the genocide. It yes. was after the genocide, after the genocide. And also, uh, Woodrow Wilson, who at that time was U.S. president, 28th president of the United States, mm -hmm. he was then arbitrator. He made an arbitral award regarding the border between Armenia and Turkey. And this is very important for us mm -hmm. as uh, a legal uh, definition of the border. And also we, I mean, saying we, I mean the, our center, Modus Vivendi Center, also some of our uh, uh, political friends all think that we can use this as a basis for closer relations with the United States. I will depart for Washington tomorrow morning, mm -hmm. hoping that uh, I will have uh, several meetings there. It's very difficult for now because... Meetings with anybody uh, particular or...? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, some in State Department. We but not official will. meetings. Uh, okay, they will meet me as a former ambassador in uh, my personal capacity, but it's very infor important for passing them some uh, understanding of the reality. Also describe the situation in Armenia, especially security concerns. As I told that uh, many things have been changed uh, during this war and because, because of Because of the war. agreement or that's, uh, that's you mean the changes or just overall because of the war? Because of the war, because uh, uh, I told that many Armenians were relying on Russian support and uh, we miserably uh, lost the war because of this, uh, but we are not ready uh, in, in a way to recognize this as a final solution of this because yeah. it's not uh, fair uh, because uh, it's uh, not only historic is there uh, this is Armenian lands also uh, de jure legally they are because League of Nations in 1920 there was a special report uh, dated uh, February 24 uh, they decided the border, defined the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and according to that document, which is the highest actually uh, legal document that exists for now, defined uh, that territory as an Armenian territory, not part of Azerbaijan. It became part of Azerbaijan because of uh, Russian Bolshevik occupation uh, when 11th Red Army occupied Azerbaijan and Armenia, and they decided that uh, they have to go further and uh, have world revolution and 
to do have this revolution they uh, the basis for this that was Turkic Muslim world mm-hmm. not Armenians Armenians they were allied to Russia during World War one but they became in a way an obstacle for the world revolution now in in that arbitral award does it mention is it just about the territories that that are that do belong to Armenia or does it also uh, talk about the actual genocide itself and the recognition of the genocide they spoke about massacres because there was no term genocide coined at that time you know that it was done later by uh, Raphael Lemkin uh, before uh, after Second World War uh, and many people think that it was done because of Jewish Holocaust but Lemkin was engaged of defining this understanding this legal term because of Armenian massacres and uh, he thought that uh, some kind of a word a term must be coined for that and then he created using some uh, Greek and Latin words this genocide and but uh, in the document the arbitral law there are lot of uh, uh, data information about Armenian massacres about the population um, because the arbitration was done based on ethnographic data and uh, it it's mentions that um, uh, in oil in a way it was an ethnic cleansing at that time mm-hmm. if, uh, uh, I mean it was a recognition of the Armenian genocide by not the term of genocide by uh, just mentioning massacres now our uh, Armenia faces external and internal issues today. Yes. The external part of it is has to do with history and how we never fixed what should have been fixed in our own history. And it uh, keeps repeating itself. Yeah, but it's not only history. Unfortunately, our neighbors look uh, on us as uh, their enemies and they want really to destroy because... We look at them as an enemy as well. Yeah, because Let's be honest about it. Yes, but but we have reason for that because they were enemies. They were, were killing us. They were blockading because blockade of a country, according to international law, it's it's a act of war. Act of war. Yes. Uh, but we never blockaded Azerbaijan. We were ready even with Turkey to establish diplomatic relations without preconditions, and then based on these relations to tackle all the problem, to discuss, but they always refused. And also, uh, let's say, uh, we never officially um, claimed any territories because uh, the understanding was to establish a relationship and then, uh, based on that relationship, to, uh, to find some kind of solution, as I mentioned, some kind of modus vivendi, mm-hmm. some kind of common, common ground. ground yeah. Yes. As far as, uh, I guess the challenge that I have is we seem to have this document for over 100 years now, yet we've, no, it's never really surfaced, at least in the public eye as far as I know. Um, For for a very long time, we've just been marching every April, um, genocide march. So this is kind of a two-point question. I'd like to get your input as far as, Let's assume, you know, one day we do get the genocide. The one day the genocide is recognized by the United States. I know there's many states that have recognized it, many other countries, but it seems like mm-hmm. until the U.S. government officially 
quote unquote recognizes it changes may not occur and even then so i don't i want to get your input as far as how is that going to benefit armenia and why is it that all these years in my opinion we've been we just waste a lot of time and resources on these marches and this nonsense about genocide genocide whereas we need to be uh, showing the world the rest of the governments out there that we have this land that belongs to us and we have a lot to prove is what it is today i mean for the whole world the world wants to know if that's ours or not are we ready to prove it in both aspects militarily and historically and legally i will legally, say that yeah. legally because uh, legally uh, the legal part is the strongest uh, part of our uh, claims as already mentioned it was done uh, you see not always armenians were speaking about genocide in 20s that is up to 65 the main goal of armenians uh, were territories uh, there was a famous lawyer, Vahan Kartashian. And Vahan Kartashian, uh, uh, with uh, one of his friends, uh, James Gerard, who was uh, U.S. ambassador to Germany, uh, the, they created at that time American uh, Committee for Armenian Independence. And the idea was to implement arbitral award. Mm-hmm. because uh, the award was and is in force until now. Um, uh, United States Senate refused to reestablish diplomatic relations with Turkey in 1927 because of arbitral award and occupation by Turkey, Armenian lands. And saying Armenia, I do not mean historical just land because it was much bigger. I mean the territory w- which was according international law given to Armenian state. Uh, in 1965, something happened. I, I think people were frustrated in a way that they didn't believe that it's possible to get uh, the satisfaction of the, the land. At that time, Armenia was Soviet Union. And before that, in the United States, you know, there was a period of McCarthyism by Senator McCarthy, and everybody was afraid to speak about the territories because giving territories to Armenia. The, it means giving territories to the Soviet Union to, and you are a pro-communist. And the recognition of genocide, it was much easier. You just condemn genocide or recognize it, but no territory claims. It's misunderstanding that the recognition of genocide, even by the United States, even by Turkey, uh, will result in, into some claims of territories changes or reparations or anything uh, territorial reparations no it, it's possible to have uh, let's say on the level of uh, personal reparations but you have to prove in, in a court uh, that it's your property uh, which is very hard to do because only few Armenian families saved their documents mm. uh, and uh, first you have to go in the courts uh, and uh, in, the, in Turkey to uh, to complete that process, and then you can apply to European Court of Human Rights, which is very costly and it takes time. Some Armenians were successful doing that, but, but the majority just ignores this. It's very hard to do uh, because also in Turkey, you it's very hard to find lawyers that will support you, even when you are paying them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I, when we speak about the territories, territory belongs not to uh, individuals, it belongs to Armenian state, statehood. And if we, we will have real, as we mentioned, national democratic government in Armenia, uh, we think that we can go to International Court of Justice and clarify the legal status of arbitral award. And after that, it will become, it is, but it will once more time become as a binding document. We can uh, uh, apply Security Council of uh, United Nations. In a way, it's a very strong tool in our hands. Mm -hmm. And uh, to find uh, some kind of solution of the problem. Because, let's say, territories for Armenia is not only an issue of justice, it's also for us a security issue of course. because we understand that uh, Yerevan, if you were in Yerevan you could see just sitting in the center part of Yerevan uh, Ararat mountain it's very nice but we have to understand that it's just on the other side of border which means Yerevan and Ararat valley where 70% uh, of the population of Armenia live there it's uh, just uh, 30, 40 kilometers from the border, which may, uh, makes militarily very dangerous. And mm, uh, because of now, we can see that uh, Turkey and Azerbaijan, they had accumulated huge numbers of weapons and uh, military personnel in Nakhichevan, which is uh, uh, east and south is from Yerevan. Uh, also a uh, special army and we as spoke at the beginning we cannot rely on Russian support uh, it's quite possible to have another war do you think we can rely on US support uh, we do not have another choice we have to find some kind of solution you know? see I personally Last few times America has tried to spread democracy it hasn't looked really well, and I'm afraid to see my own people go through that. No, if you understand the yes, the but not uh, wars we've gone through in America. Uh, yes, but not only this is an issue of democracy. Um, there is a s status which is given by American law to some countries. Now, 18 countries they hold the status. It's called major non-NATO ally of the United States. Let's say South Korea, Georgia. Japan, mm. no, Georgia not yet. Yeah. Uh, they are aspiring, but, but let's say uh, South Korea, Japan, uh, Bahrain, Argentina, Tunis, Thailand, they have. And uh, this does not mean that uh, United States will have to station some military forces in Armenia. Just this kind of status in uh, showing American support and flag uh, we think that it will restrain uh, our neighbors because uh, what are the other alternatives what are I the mean, choices I'll, I'll, there's a, here's the way i think about it i feel like Pashinyan tried to go that route no. not that i believe it because he i knew from the beginning he was part of the same clan that from day one when this whole 2018 thing happened i was one of those guys that said I don't believe it. I feel like he was with Nick uh, Levon from the beginning. Uh -huh. And then this continuation from Barabakh that came in and him, they were all part of the same. To me, I might be wrong. But I don't see how America can help in Armenia. 
okay, if uh, Senate will pass the law to gain Armenia that, that status, it's already will be a big help for us. And uh, also, let's say, investments uh, in economy and so on. Uh, but it could backfire knowing that you're, you're if you're militarily going to stay with Russia, but economically... No, we'll not stay militarily with Russia. Uh, staying with Russia will give Armenia nothing. This is the problem. I completely agree with you. I'm not for Russia either. But yeah. I feel like if Armenia can make it on its own, it's the only way up. Yes, but to make its own, Armenia needs uh, huge uh, investments in every field in economy because without uh, improving the economic situation in Armenia, it's not uh, possible to have a modern army. And without the modern weapons and modern army, uh, we, we cannot resist our neighbors. Militarily, you've been in the military before. Is it, e is it easier for a country like Armenia that's always defending to come up with a better military or an attacking country like our enemies are? It it's very hard to say. It depends what situation you will be. Because attacking, you have to have for that uh, special forces, special weapons. Usually, you, when you are in defense, it's easier. Uh, but uh, sometimes you have to counterattack uh, to do it. Because uh, during this war, uh, we were told that there were a lot of opportunities to uh, have um, counterattacks, uh, but never Which were did. let down from internal issues. Um, yes, we don't know clearly why was uh, th that not done. I, I mean, uh, why Pashinyan uh, behaved very strangely because uh, many countries propose, uh, proposed uh, some support, including some uh, ammunitions. He never accepted uh, this. Okay, we understand uh, he is concerned of Russia, but the problem is concerning of the Russian uh, attitude, we deny the help from, let's say, France, uh, but uh, we got nothing from Russia as well. Okay, now we see that issue. Let's transition to today. Yeah. Today we still have the people in Armenia, I would say a good 70% sticking behind Nikol Pashinyan. No, never, 70%. Even during uh, so-called revolution, and the elections, there were no, never 70% supporting Not Pashinyan. turnout, not voter turnout. No. Yeah, uh, just we had situation that only ha half of the voters turned out, which means... Uh, and uh, Which is a high number. Uh, for army, not high, but usually it's a high number when you have some 50% of... And, and uh, only part of that, 72% uh, of that... But you see, the people voted for him not because of him. They voted against uh, Ser Sarkisian and understanding was to deny Sarkisian and everybody was afraid uh, that if he will not vote for Pashinyan, they will return back. And now Pashinyan is misusing the same situation, always telling people that, okay, do you want to this former guys to come back, uh, Sarkisian and especially Kocharan and so on. So doesn't that tell you that they're part of the same group? I have a feeling yes. today they're uh, working together to stay in power together. That whole show that we're seeing in Armenia, it's just a show prolonging Pashinyan in power. Because anyone that loses a war like that has to go. He knows that. 
Yeah. Was, who was held responsible for this loss at a uh, war? Anyway, he he was responsible, and he is responsible for for this because he is the. But not holding, only him. I don't understand that. Not only him, but anyway, he he is uh, legally the head of the government. He is legally in charge of military and so on, and even. Uh, the roots of this defeat camp we understand from years and maybe for from 1904 when we signed a ceasefire and ignored actually the situation also. Can we stop in 94? Levon was in charge. Levon was in charge at the time uh, Bishkek ceasefire was signed. Uh, even we were very successful at that time we could push uh, harder and further and uh, force Azeris to sign a uh, peace treaty. It was never done. And then uh, we know that uh, beginning from 2000, they signed a lot of contracts selling oil and gas to West, especially uh, with uh, British Petroleum and others. They have the so-called uh, state company SOCAR were shareholders lot from many other countries they were i mean having money they were buying weapons uh, more than whole armenian uh, state budget was at that time more than three billion dollars and they were buying not only just a year uh, at least uh, for several years uh, and uh, the last two or three years they emphasized they put their buying uh, drones from uh, Israel. Which was uh, offered to Armenia first. Yes, it was offered. Uh, but f- first, um, let's say Armenian military, they were some kind of miscalculation of uh, importance. Of Do you think of some of these miscalculations are on purpose somehow? Because uh, from the outside, when we look from the outside, mm-hmm. it's very ridiculous. Sometimes it gets <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous comedy. Because... Who's I yeah. Sometimes I want to ask myself, who runs foreign affairs in Armenia? Like, uh-huh. when a country loses this uh-huh. bad, some generals take their own lives. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, but nobody's no, no. guilty of this? Nobody? No, not be sorry. I myself, in many of my interviews, told that Pashinyan has to took his life, uh, committed suicide. But mm. he is proud of what he has done. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that saying that he saved Armenia, he brought peace for Armenian people and so on, which is really ridiculous because it's not a peace. It's a prolonged war that we will have uh, in the near future another phase of war and uh, the results can be more catastrophic than now because they are aiming, I mean Azerbaijan and Turkey speaking about some parts of Armenia, Sunik, they called Gyokchait, Sevan, that's uh, saying it was, uh, these territories were historically Azerbaijani territories and so on, which never were because... But that's it all our failures are. That's all our failures as a people to not be able to show what's ours. So I think the division within us, with including the diaspora, I feel like the diaspora is separated on purpose from the Armenian people. Even during this war, it, it ma- everything was made difficult for us. Even by here, whom? by whom we separated? We have so many enemies from within, and unless we're ready to work on those enemies, like for example, if you're gonna be called Armenia, mm-hmm. but your special services, internal services, Aatsa, mm-hmm. is being ran by Russia. True. 
Yes. Uh, so, so uh, how do you expect uh, to have a country? This you is need that constitutional uh, reform. Uh, this is why our, let's say, group, this platform, Armenian National uh, Democratic uh, uh, Axis, Bever, we're always speaking here that Armenia uh, must have a lot of changes. Constitution must be changed or some articles in the Constitution. At least, let's say, giving diaspora, not only diaspora, people who hold uh, two citizenship, now it's forbidden to hold any really responsibility in Armenia. I myself, uh, I, I uh, have two citizenship and cannot be a member of parliament or minister or something. And uh, speaking about me, I mean that a lot of Armenians living abroad. But I'm, I live in Yerevan, I live in Armenia. And living there, I cannot uh, be part of uh, government and so uh, Also, uh, Armenian uh, security forces or service, they are totally under Russian control. Even when they are retired, they uh, they are get, they will get a Russian uh, retirement pension for this, which is uh, really so. How ridiculous. do you consider yourself a country at that point? Remember what? So mm-hmm. our co-host Arno has mentioned something <laughs> really <laughs> bad, and I I didn't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. It was it's not what I wanted to hear, and it hurts for me to hear from an Armenian saying there might as well be Russia. It hurts me, but when you look at all the aspects of it. We have been for the last 30 years, thanks to our leaders from the beginning. Now, like you said, 94, why sign? If you're not going to get a peace treaty, why sign? Um, When you have your enemy on its heels, you push. You don't wait for the enemy to get chunkied up for 30 years and attack you. Yeah, but there was a telephone call from Yeltsin. To Levantel Petrosian and Tel Petrosian called our um, uh, commanders uh, on the field to stop, and they uh, unfortunately they stopped. Uh, but stopped after how many calls? How many times did they ignore that call? Uh, I, I I don't know how many times they ignored, but the fact is that because of that call or calls, uh, we had for twenty thirty years that ceasefire. Uh, even we could push and reach to the rivers, the banks of the rivers, uh, Arax and Kura, which uh, uh, totally uh, w- would create another situation because, uh, as I told, uh, Azerbaijan was selling uh, through pipelines oil and gas, and because of that, Azerbaijan gained uh, power of buying a lot of weapons. If we p- p- pushed at that time uh, for the up to the bank of the rivers, there there was no place to uh, to, to 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 build these pipelines and sell, and then uh, we could force them to sign uh, the the treaty piece of treaty. But from Russian point of view, um, there was no interest that one side will uh, become uh, victorious of this, especially Armenian side. Uh, because uh, through the war they were controlling uh, both countries, Armenia and Azerbaijan. The same situation we have now, but now we can see that Russia are becoming more and more under uh, Turkish influence. Just uh, yesterday there was uh, the centennial of Moscow Treaty, which was signed on uh, March 16, 1921. 
and uh, according to this treaty Armenia was divided at that time uh, between Russia and Turkey some pieces were given also to Azerbaijan uh, at least 50% of Armenian territory at that time uh, uh, not taking into account Wilsonian Armenia which was uh, much bigger uh, I mean from uh, Russian <coughs> Armenia 50% was given and uh, there were a lot of speeches yesterday on this issue uh, from Russian side, from Turkish side and we uh, saw that it they was in uh, Dubai, right? Uh, there was some type of uh, no, trilateral meeting. It, yesterday. Was in, in, it, it was Qatar, and so uh, yet yeah, uh, Turkey, Qatar, and uh, Russia. Yeah, yeah, but not only this; they were uh, claiming uh, this treaty, saying that it's very important for us, and we have to enlarge and deepen the relationship between Russia and Turkey. Um, and we actually spoke about this, that if Russia uh, is an Armenian ally, they have to condemn this, as they did with so-called Ribbentrop-Molotov Pact. It was a treaty signed in 1939 between uh, German, German Hitler, Germany, Nazi Germany, and Stalin Russia. And the territories of many countries were divided between two, these two states. The same situation happened in 1921, but Armenia was at that time divided. I thought it was precursor of that uh, Ribbentrop-Molotov uh, pact. But uh, instead of condemning this, we, we saw that Russia uh, using this uh, to express the political will to become closer. We understand that uh, from Russian point of view, they see uh, West as their main enemy, and they spoke that they have uh, more common interest with uh, Turks than with West, and because of this situation, they have. Uh, but the West is part of Turkey. I mean, they're NATO country. Yeah, but uh, no, Turkey never the was US part of... U.S. has a huge no, base in Turkey. Yes, but Turkey never was part of West. It's a, uh, It was part of NATO as a military, uh, part of a military uh, bloc. But uh, all their understanding, their uh, civilization, it's not Western. And now we see that uh, is uh, drafting away from West and they are buying weapons from Russia and they are trying to uh, blackmail uh, West that they will become part of some kind of Russian grouping and so on. But uh, uh, is this, this is because during Erdogan time, Turkey uh, became more politically more uh, Islamic and they are uh, aspiring to become or to re-establish their uh, position as uh, Khalifat. You know that the last official Khalifat was uh, Ottoman Empire, which was actually uh, nullified by uh, Ataturk, Kemal Ataturk in 1924. But, uh, and there was some kind, as they called, laic society, secular society. But now Turkey uh, ha already has become more uh, religious, less dependent on the West, 
and uh, trying to be a leader of Muslim world as used to be. And because of this situation, we see that um, their relations with uh, West really um, became tense. But the relations with Russia has been improved because Russia is concerned of uh, Turkish leverage that they had within Russia. Because there are over 20 million Muslims living in Russia and mainly Turkic speaking, which means that Turkey always can use them uh, uh, from within, let's say. Mm. But y- so your your theory is that we need to focus more on getting the support of the U.S., right? Yes, because we do not have another choice, another alternative for us. It will be very hard. I do agree, uh, uh, but uh, we have, uh, let's say. Uh, possibility also capability to do this because uh, Biden's policy it's uh, has been changed uh, uh, they are once more United States are becoming more active in the parts of the world in South Caucasus as well and this will help us in a way to present our situation also we hope that some Armenian lobbying groups who can at least make American officials to mm, focus on this issue because uh, recognition of genocide that always uh, for the many years where this uh, topic was pushed uh, forward uh, it's important but it's much more important to prevent another genocide and to prevent the genocide we need to have uh, American support, which will be based on the status, as I called, non-NATO ally of the United States. See, that's the thing. That how, how do you see that happening when Turkey and the U.S. have relatively good relationship? Fin- there's America has a lot of financial interest in Turkey. How? Why would they give that up and yeah. support such a small country like Armenia, where mm. even if the U.S. had any type of vested interest in Armenia, the gains, the returns on that would be very minimal compared to a country like Turkey or Azerbaijan because they are oil rich. Um, how, how do you see... Because U.S. cannot support Turkey and Armenia simultaneously, I don't think. It, they have to pick one or the other. I mean, Russia's been doing that for hundreds, not a hundred, hundreds of years. This whole thing that's happening every hundred years is not the first time or the second time. This is 600 years in a row. When are we going to stop the cycle? Uh, Always the same. You, you see, the status of uh, ally of the United States does not mean that uh, this is against of uh, Turkey or another country. This is uh, a possibility or sign that uh, the country which will be attacked, namely here Armenia, will be supported. This is it's not that... Uh, you create some uh, military bloc to attack in other countries. Secondly, uh, Turkey is not uh, so close to United States as it used to be. There are a lot of problems there. Yeah, of problems America there. moved some of their stuff to Germany in to the Germany, last... To Germany, to Greece. The, they also, Turks supported uh, this, uh, I- I- uh, this Islamic Caliphate in uh, Syria... They're attacking uh, Kurds in many parts of that, not only within Turkey, but also in Iraq and so. And 
uh, we see that uh, Turkey has uh, problems with all neighbors, actually, with, except maybe Azerbaijan, with a small border in Georgia, which is totally under Turkish control, at least uh, economically, uh, Georgia become uh, part of uh, Turkey. But we see that uh, the being closer to Georgia with this uh, Armenian-Georgian uh, closer relations also with West, some other opportunities will be open for us. As far as the current situation goes <coughs> politically in Armenia, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think would be the solution? Because, I mean, we all agree Pashinyan has to resign. If, if, if that's the least he can do. But mm-hmm. And then what? what? What would be the solution? He resigns, then the old regime takes over, or who, who's going to take over the country and be, be the new leader that the country needs? Uh, this is why we try to create uh, another option for people, as we call the, the third uh, Bever, Paul, or Axis, you can word that. Um, and the one of the slogans, our slogans is uh, not uh, Pashinyan or current government, neither the, the uh, former. Um, but uh, the future, but because it's especially done, this situation is created by Pashinyan and his group uh, himself. That uh, when you are Pashinyan is compared with former authorities, uh, people say, "Okay, Pashinyan is an uh, uh, let's say an idiot, but uh, he is less dangerous than uh, Kocharyan used to be." Uh, and many people are afraid of Kucharyan because he was a very tough guy. He was totally corrupt. Unfortunately, it's now Pashinyan and his group is uh, becoming more corrupt and corrupt. At least we have a lot of information about this. Uh, mass media always uh, writes about this and so on. Uh, they deny this, but... Uh, so I the corruption hasn't changed much since uh, the previous administration. The, the names, the names changed, but the mm. corruption is the same. Just yeah, the names unfortunately, are there uh, because uh, we we have uh, the, the country actually. Uh, we do not have really, let's say, a government or country. Frankly speaking, or even you know, the the. Uh, control over the government uh, by authorities is um, less than it used to be. Let's say Pashinyan signed some kind of decree removing chief of staff and then uh, chief of staff ignores his uh, decree and then the court uh, ignores uh, that. Always <laughs> this is very <laughs> d- d- dangerous, yeah. especially when we have uh, we are in military situation. Yeah. So yeah. what do you think of Bever having a plan as far as a constitutional plan coming in, something to show the voters if Armenia does go to a vote, which mm-hmm. has been talked about. Does Bever have a program in place yes, going we, forward? Yes, we have. We published that, but let's say one of the mi- m- milestones <laughs> of that, we uh, have this uh, orientation. Let's uh, Some people call the pro-Western 
we call this is pro-Armenian because it will solve Armenian problems, not the problem of the West. As I told, it will not be easy. We understand that Russia and maybe Iran, they will be not uh, satisfied with this. Uh, they will, but but uh, what to do? We have to um, uh, solve the problems of our country, security uh, challenges we have. We have challenges of economic and so on. Let's take... Uh, uh, power supply, electricity, yeah? 40% of uh, Armenian electricity is produced uh, in nuclear station. And the time, the deadline of that station was over since 2003. Deadline as in uh, contract? No, for the use. For For safety use. Because safety use, because all uh, uh, nuclear stations, they have the reactor, which is uh, special metal and so on. You cannot uh, be sure. It's possible to use twice more time and so, but there is no safety. It's like uh, driving a uh, 300,000-mile car up to Vegas. Would you do that type of deal? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have to solve the problem. Just It's it's an example. Uh, Or we have to build a new station or maybe solar station and so on because in 2026... who have to uh, stop using this uh, power station and spend who owns it? Uh, it's uh, legally uh, Armenian state owns it, but it's uh, run by Russian. Uh, it's uh, so-called concession. It's for guilt of concession. Mm-hmm. As Armenian, is that through Robert? Yes. Uh, as let's say. Uh, no, it was before Robert. Levon. It was Levon. It was Levon. Yeah, Levon gave way more than that. We can't even get into what Levon gave away. Yeah, but uh, Levon was giving some plants or some important uh, units, let's say, of our economy. Uh, Kocharian gave some uh, huge strategic. parts of strategic parts, let's say, railroad. Armenian railroad was given by Kocharian to Russian, uh, uh, it's called Russian Railroad Company, and so, which is owned by Russian government. Oh, but they, they never uh, had uh, real investment and improvement in Armenia. When we compare Armenian railway uh, uh, with uh, uh, Azerbaijan or even Georgian, we can see that we are far, far, far beyond of the modern situation. And uh, the same with uh, almost in every field. This is that what was given to Russians, no, nothing was improved. Because Russia, they do not have uh, enough money even for themselves. Why they will uh, invest in Armenia when uh, they have uh, bigger problems within Russia? Many Russian villages, uh, towns uh, are even in a worse situation than in Armenia. Because when speaking about Russia, many people think about Moscow, Petersburg, or a couple of other cities. But uh, go away for uh, 100 kilometers from these major cities, you can uh, find, uh, as the after the situation is after Second World War, real, there is no real gas supply, no natural gas, no some uh, parts, no electricity, and so on. And also, they have huge demographic problem in Russia. Uh, uh, alcoholism is very high there. People used and uh, to drink, and they continue to do so. 
also the marriages, divorces, the, these numbers really higher than the U.S. Uh, yes, higher than uh, the worst situation now is in Russia, uh, and the the AIDS is uh, uh, high and so on. But in United States, you have these problems, but uh, you have huge money, and uh, let's say uh, the government tried a, at least to support people, the families. In Russia, you do not have this situation. And this is that when we see the situation in Russia, how Armenia and life in Armenia will be better than in Russia, it is impossible. What do Armenians usually? They uh, go to Russia to to seasonal work, as we call to Khopan, they and come back. But now, because of this um, pandemic, even this is uh, very restricted, and they cannot go which uh, made the situation in Armenia even worse than it used to be. I mean, we have from last year two major problems. One was the war, and the second one, the pandemic. Are are we, is the Armenian military currently doing anything to enhance itself? They just did a military exercise recently. With Turkey, is that the one? No, no, which it wasn't with Turkey. It was a NATO one, which uh, <laughs> Turkey's <laughs> part of NATO. No, uh, Azerbaijan <laughs> did with Turkey in cars, and then another one, they too, they almost uh, every month uh, doing some kind of uh, joint exercises and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Armenian army, they're trying to do something, to, especially in the field of these new weapons, drones, and so but... Uh, our, uh, let's say, especially financial situation is uh, really very, very hard for us. But we've had countries that <coughs> have offered to work with Armenia, right? Like yeah. you have UAE, which has limitless money for Armenia, just because they have the same common enemy. And we have countries like India that we know have all the possible weapons. Who is in charge of foreign affairs that can't connect A to B? Nikol Pashinyan is in charge of foreign affairs. Yeah, but we were receiving a lot of uh, proposals, suggestions, and so uh, Americans suggested Armenia $8 billion uh, to improve uh, the network, power network, and supply, and so It was uh, refused. Uh, this is, again, we come to who is in charge of the uh, policy and who is uh, the political authority in Armenia. And until Russia controls uh, foreign and domestic policy in Armenia, uh, we will receive a lot of uh, suggestions from countries, but almost we will be forced to deny. This is that Armenian, this national democratic uh, axis, we speak that we have to solve uh, the first uh, the political the issue of political authority who will be in charge of the country and then uh, based on this the economic situation will be improved previously people were thinking that okay uh, let's improve the economy and then we'll change the politics and so on no we saw it impossible we as a nation with diaspora invested a lot of billions and billions of dollars in Karabakh and so but because 
of this um, ignoring uh, the, the uh, military situation and our relations with West, we uh, no lost the war, and with war, we lost uh, these investments. So if Russia didn't step in, what do you think would have happened to the war? Uh, nothing. Uh, if Russia uh, wouldn't step, uh, France and America, they suggested, America has officially suggested to uh, send uh, peacekeepers from Scandinavian countries, if not Russians. Uh, now we uh, will have the uh, from maybe Norway and Sweden and uh, Denmark, and uh, maybe we had under our control more territories, because it's uh, uh, something uh, foolish and uh, ridiculous that we gave more territories after ceasefire than before ceasefire. <laughs> I mean, they... This was planned out. Yes, uh, Putin himself told that uh, that document he was created by him when he was asked, okay, will you read what you are saying? And he said proudly that it was written by me. And how we can say that Russia is Armenian ally, that there, uh, the first, uh, uh, let's say, paragraph speaks that all parties might stop, uh, have to stop on the positions that they are at that time. And then speaks about that Armenians, they have to give away uh, Kalbajar, Lachin, and so on. And there is a deadline for that. But there is no deadline for uh, prisoners of war. And because of this, we have at least... Uh, they were using... That was used as a tool as well. This was all planned. The reason there is no date is because they want to use this time. Y yeah, but, but, but Pashinyan, he was signing this. He could uh, insist... To put some kind Pashinyan of Pashinyan was ready to sign Gharabagh over in the 90s as a young man. He was ready back then. Yeah. Why do you think he was brought in to begin with? Uh, I don't know why he was brought, but the uh, outcome is that now we lost uh, not only the war, we lost uh, 30 years of our history. How about uh, nuclear Russia? Russia's building a nuclear power plant in Turkey. Yes. As we speak. While ours is expired and could be used against us. Uh, yes, and uh, I uh, would like to mention that uh, during, um, at the beginning of this century, Canada and um, Japan uh, came out with a suggestion to build in Armenia a new nuclear power station, uh, which would use uh, non-weaponized uranium, which means that um, uh, Only for, for power. Not yes, for, and know. also we could use as a raw material uh, the uh, remains of uh, from the previous, I mean the mo modern uh, power station. Mm -hmm. But it also was uh, denied, refused to accept this suggestion, uh, and it was told by me directly uh, that uh, Russians will not allow. This is the situation that uh, when you you have an ally who always ma makes uh, an obstacles for you, makes problems. So you don't leave. Just so it's like it's uh, like on purpose being done. So Armenia stays as the slave of Russia. Uh, you, you you see, they always uh, threaten Armenia with Turks. This is a position. Okay, uh, let's 
think about your just safety and accept all suggestions. If not, Turks will come and again kill you. And also the issue of genocide, why it was uh, brought into Armenian society in 1965. Uh, before that, I told that uh, Armenians spoke about territories mm-hmm. because uh, the issue of genocide uh, restricted Armenian desire to create an independent statehood. It was some kind of a response to Armenian uh, political change, at least in the minds at the beginning of the 60s. And then uh, somebody, in maybe Kremlin or in KGB, was thinking, okay, Armenians want to create an independent statehood or recreate, because we had the independent state. How we can make them not to do this? Okay, genocide was the exact uh, thing to bring in and are to create this uh, narrative. narrative that, uh, as you know, they said, uh, mm-hmm. which it still rings into the people of the diaspora as well. Yes. That fear has been driven deep and is getting deeper every day. And, beca- and this was, uh, I, I mean, you know that the strongest weapon to control people is fear. When you make them to fear of something, you can control them. And this is that, that uh, people in Armenia uh, think and in diaspora as well, okay, let's be misruled by Russians, let's they uh, be corruption, but at least we are not killed. I'm not in that position. I think that this will kill Armenia slowly, but will kill. This is okay, we will take some kind of risk, uh, changing our orientation, but at least we have a chance to have a future. Otherwise, uh, within maybe 20 or 30 years, uh, Armenia will, will be a part of uh, Turkey or part of, I don't know, Russia with very elderly people living in, but the youth will emigrate from Armenia and uh, some people will just... Could that be one of the reasons why Russia uses us as a mill, literally? taking the young as soon as they serve in the military they get out of the military they go straight to Russia produce 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 in Russia uh, I, I told that Russia had has uh, demographic problems and Armenians uh, they are hard workers they know this and uh, they need this work power Armenian work power and Armenians comparing to others they uh, do not create problems as much as the others let's say from Central Asia but they do not see uh, as a danger because let's say people coming from North Caucasus or from Central Asia they are mainly Muslims and we know that uh, they cannot integrate these people into Russian society but uh, Russian Armenians within a generation or two they are totally assimilated into yeah, Russia. Yeah they stop speaking any Armenian period. They, 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 they sometimes they become more pro-Russian and pro-Russian nationalists that even s- Russians themselves. Let's say in, uh, in Russian establishment, there are a lot of people of Armenian origin, uh, head of Russian uh, foreign propaganda, RT, uh, uh, RT uh, some... Uh, Margarita uh, uh, Simonian was her name, Yes, correct? Margarita Simonian, and there are some... Uh, 
let's say, uh, political scientist Kurginian, Sergei Kurginian, or Simon Bardasarov, and a lo- lot of them, uh, Ramon Bala, but they want always to prove Russians they are, that they are more Russian than Russians because they have some kind of this fear or concern. Uh, or personal know. gain, maybe? Uh, it's, it's there, but uh, it's also a personal gain because they are uh, afraid of the society. It's not the United States. You live here, you cannot understand the feeling of Armenians there. A lot of Armenians now changing their family names because they know that if, let's say, some uh, people look or a list of uh, business owners and they find Armenian names, they target specially them, not others. I have relatives that they were married, are married to uh, Russians and their children, they... uh, hold uh, Russian family names, their mothers, because uh, they know that the situation, they will have no future in Russia with Armenian family names, because Russia is not Soviet Union. Okay, there was a lot of discrimination during Soviet time, but it's impossible to compare with what is. Russia is a very chauvinistic country. I mean, speaking Armenian, when you speak uh, uh, with an Armenian guy in a metro, you can be attacked because of this. In so Russia? In Russia, So yes. why are they killing themselves to go jump into Russia and start working? Just because there's no jobs there in Armenia? There is no jobs. Uh, this is that we're looking for West uh, for the investment as well because if... Uh, uh, right, but the diaspora today is almost on its heels. They've always been investing, 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 and every time the invested money is being used in areas to the diaspora necessarily, right? You're referring more so the government itself. I mean, yeah, for sure, Uh, mainly for government because okay, uh, we are thankful for diaspora, but uh, how how much uh, diaspora was generating uh, this for his highest standing in Adrian? Ten, twelve million. It's what is possible to do at twelve millions? Nothing. But you think uh, sorry, but mm-hmm. uh, let's say if American government they will have some bigger project for Armenia, they could e- easily invest hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars that to do some kind of this you know this Marshall pro- plan that they implemented after Second World War for Germany and they helped uh, Japan and so because when Pashinyan was speaking about that some countries were defeated and now they are very successful. Okay, but they are successful because of the support and mainly with Western, the American support. Compare, let's say, to Korea's northern and south. Uh, after Korean War, south, uh, southern part became under American control and we see that it's one of the most uh, progressive countries with developed economy and what is the situation in the northern part of the same country. The same people were living there. It's not issue of mentality. Uh, the same was with Germany, Eastern and Western. And th- this is the case. And when people say, even some Armenians living in United States, in the United States saying, okay, now you want uh, to... Uh, previously, Armenia was on the Russian yoke, and now you want to be on the U.S. yoke. I'm saying, okay, why you live here? Uh, if you uh, s- 
think uh, uh, such about the United States and so on, but this is the problem that uh, the outcome of Russian control and outcome of U.S. control, at l they are totally different. But uh, you're convinced that one or the other has to have control? For now, Armenia cannot survive alone. This is the case. Even it's, um, I would like to remind that after World War One, there was, was a uh, period that where the countries were given mandates to many countries. Let's say uh, Syria and Lebanon, they were under France mandate. Uh, Transjordan and pa Palestine were under British, and the mandate for Armenia was given for to the United States. And uh, unfortunately, United States, they refused to accept Armenian mandate, but it was for 20, 25 years. We, we really need this transition because we have this old Soviet and before that uh, Russian Tsarist and before that uh, Persian traditions of corruption and so on. We need to uh, have to some kind of uh, improvement. Let's take two uh, Greek the countries, uh, Cyprus and Greece. Greece became independent directly from Ottoman Empire. Uh, Cyprus became part of uh, British Empire and for well, 90 years and then uh, gained independence. And when you now go to these both countries and Greeks are living there, but Greece is more, let's say, oriental, more corrupt, more uh, less efficient and so on. Cyprus is totally different because of uh, British tradition. This is not always uh, bad when you have some kind of control over a country. It depends. Uh, it's sometimes you have to have a mentor who will teach you to because governing the country is, is not easy. Why people accept that will have their mentor to play a violin but uh, to govern uh, a country you want to be just alone. I uh, think the concern that that majority of Armenians mm -hmm. have in the diaspora is that you, you talk about progressive ideologies. I think that's one of the main concerns I personally have as well is that if the U.S. starts controlling Armenia in any way, uh, the progressive ideology, we, we see what it's doing to the U.S. It's destroying the values and everything that this country was built on. Yes, but uh, it, it, uh, it seems that w uh, saying progressive ideology, we, have, we mean totally different things. Uh, You're talking about economic progress, yes. right? Yes. I'm referring to progressive ideology, meaning you know, this, the, the liberal nonsense that we see going on in the United States today as uh -huh. we're sitting here, where everything that the country stood for is being canceled out and new things are being introduced to, to this country to our culture here, to the American culture. And the same thing will wipe out Armenians. We, whether it's good or bad, we, we are first in line to take anything. I mean, um, you bring in some new ideology there, I, I promise you we will have more transgenders and more gays and lesbians in Armenia than even in the U.S. because we tend to <laughs> strive on something new that's introduced no, uh, to us. That's the concern that the diaspora has with this progressive ideology. I, I do not think that uh, lesbians and gay are created by some kind of a law or ideas. They, they, uh, it's to totally based on genetics and so on. But I want to uh, underline that Armenia is a very conservative society. And, uh, For now. 
yeah and it will remain it's not the case that within some uh, short period 70 years soviet union was trying to change the, the mentality of armenians and so on but uh it worked w- to a certain level yes for a certain level but the family values were there and are there it's, it was uh let's say armenians uh where let's say uh lost their skills of uh as a good workers and so on because in that society you have uh to be not a good manager or something but you have to find some other possibilities to uh find the let's say as we say, uh, uh, unlawful, let's say, ways of living because the salaries were very well low and so on. But the same Armenians, uh, when they came, even during Soviet time, to the United States, they were very successful. They were uh, obeying uh, the laws and so. Uh, you see, when we have a real issue of safety, of the of the whole nation of the country uh it's much more important that the number of gays in a society well, it's not just about the number i'm not referring it's to <laughs> literally the number of gays it's, what not, about it's that. not about that it's more so about just the overall culture i mean i'm sure you read about what's going on in the u.s but we live here we fear for the future of our kids because today you're if you have a boy or a girl they no longer are a boy and a girl. They're whatever they you want to call them. They can be considered anything to identify. That. And that, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it makes everything difficult. I am a business owner. It makes it very challenging for me to run my business because I have to change so many things in m- within my policies and procedures and how I do things because now I have to make it quote-unquote inclusive to all this nonsense um, and, and and that that that's that has a trickle down effect yeah. on everything. That that's I think is the concern that everybody the, has. Well, I have a question. Yeah. Do sure. you think the uh, this situation will go on or something will be changed? Because uh, I see that people are not satisfied of this in uh, the U.S. Uh, or yeah, mm-hmm. uh, also this does not. It was some kind of. Uh, 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 let's say the same situation was during Soviet time at the twenties. Yeah. At that time, the, the because this communist idea and so people think that there is no need of family; children must belong to society or government, and also have, uh, the, the, the 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 life uh, and especially this sexual life was uh, uh, totally changed. In but. It's not natural. It will come back. And I, I see that uh, the, the situation in the United States will be changed because uh, people are, let's say, social enemies and they uh, need to have uh, uh, traditional kind of families. This is, uh, let, let's say, uh, uh, closer economic and military cooperation with the yeah. United States. It will create... Uh, much bigger opportunities for Armenia than challenges, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, there, if there will be some negative aspects, okay, S- uh, support us uh, with your uh, uh, experience in the United States, uh, guide us how we can avoid these problems. This is a diaspora can has 
her part in uh, creating Armenian society. Mm, I'm afraid majority of Armenian diaspora mm-hmm. is already far too gone, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Now let's talk about Bever well for a few minutes, if you got a couple minutes. I think he's running short on time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, because y- you see, we have some kind of today uh, an event. I have to m- present also the ideas of not only Bever, also uh, speak about uh, solutions. Sure. Sure. Th- well, if you want to briefly go over that real quick. Again, we, we, we're not short on time. I know you have to be somewhere else. Yeah. But if you want to quickly maybe uh, cover that. Okay, let's say I will speak, uh, I will describe the situation, sure. the challenges that we are facing, um, and also go through possibilities. And uh, yes, I see that one of the possibilities is uh, to base... Uh, our relations with the United States on the traditions that we have and the legal documents also. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm, uh, we can, uh, through Armenian diaspora and communities, bring up this issue. For, for now, when we see it's not the case, we are naive that we'll uh, bring up this uh, issue of a closer relationship or, uh, to become a non-NATO of the United States. It will take time, but at least we we'll need this to be tackled in political circles. And to do this, I speak here, I hope many people listen and try to understand. They can Google this non-NATO ally this to find out this uh, what this means. Uh, and also uh, with the help of Armenian lobby uh, to discuss these issues with high officials. This is that we're hoping. Uh, maybe I will c- be back within a month or two uh, mm-hmm. when we will be more successful to have more appointments with high officials because this virus really restricts all kind of uh, contacts. Yeah, The offices are closed, people... Uh, uh, go to their uh, jobs just maybe once or twice per week and so on. It's very hard, but we'll do. We cannot wait. Just sit and wait. Well, I really hope if you do ever get a chance to come back to California, we would love to ask you more questions and maybe get more updates from you on what's going on in Armenia. And we really do appreciate your time with us. It will be my pleasure. Uh, certainly, I will do. Thank if you. you. Invite Thank me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hapapian, for taking time away from a busy schedule. And thank you to our uh, viewers as well for uh, tuning in on such short notice. Sorry we didn't get to as many questions or any of the questions at this time, but hopefully Mr. Hapapian will be back with us and we'll get to more questions on the next one. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. you. See you guys on Monday. Don't forget, Monday, 7.30 p.m. live. Մեզ համար պարգ է, որտվեց աստված, մեր արյուն արդյուն, ու մեր հաղթակնա,